guys welcome back to another episode of bearing souls my name is cindy and i'm your host and today i have the slave of the family my <laughs> sister <laughs> my sister who i'm going to let introduce herself pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway hi the listeners of bearing souls my little sister's podcast which i'm so proud of her for doing yeah um, my name is darlene komkama aka dk aka cardi Monet, aka salvador dali and some other names i haven't come up with okay. aka komdali <laughs> <laughs> um i am a 39 year old Aries, by the way, we have that in common yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> Ugandan woman, artist, and practitioner of the arts, love of the arts, love of life. Yes, yeah, love it. I feel like you're the only one who has like tried to make the introduction and introduction. Everyone's just like, Hi, my name is Cindy. I'm Cindy's sister. <laughs> I know. Minanga also as an avid listener of the podcast. I'm like, guys, other people don't know you. I know you. <laughs> Tell us. Swear. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've been trying to schedule, but finally. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm really so glad. Period. So for today's episode, first of all, no, let's first start with an icebreaker. Um, yes. For the icebreaker, I wanted to ask you, what about your character do you admire the most? I guess like in most things, there's like pros and cons and good and bad side. But I feel like the thing which I like the most about myself is also the thing which I don't like the most about myself. <laughs> that is so you and so real. <laughs> What, what's I really the... like, I, I think that it's very helpful for me that a lot of things can just sort of like roll off my back. Like, it takes a lot to really get me to a point where I'm like super stressed and angry mm-hmm. and like really out of my own zone. Yeah. But I feel like that's also, sometimes it makes me less empathetic than I would like to be. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I think you're very, very, I don't think I've ever seen you angry. It, it's very little maybe you know i guess also in like that area's energy i am ready to fight for anyone else exactly <laughs> exactly same but my fighting for myself not so much I swear i love that okay so for today's episode i wanted to first talk about healing uh what does healing look like to you how has it been like how has that process been for you and think that you've been successful at finding yourself and i asked that second question because i feel like i've experienced you having both sides of like inspections like spirituality you've had an era where you were like saved an avid church goer and then mm-hmm. you just didn't don't do that anymore and then also career wise i feel like you've had like the nine to five life corporate body <laughs> and then you didn't have that anymore and also emotionally so yeah first let's first go back to the first question what does healing look like to you 
I mean, I guess, first of all, you have to realize that you need to heal. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> that part, you know, I feel like, you know, when I was younger, especially when I was like uh, in my late teens, early 20s, but I guess it's also necessary. I really was like, you can't tell me nothing, bitch. Like, there's nothing that you're going to tell me that I don't already know or that's going to change my mind about the way that I am, I am mm-hmm. caring for my life. Um, and then I guess at some point, I go to the realization that actually the world is really set up against me specifically because of so many, you know, systematic fuckers. Oh, lol, do people swear on your podcast? <laughs> they do, don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, and I remember it being such a blow. Um, I remember telling my friends when I was 25 that I'm having a quarter life crisis because I was like, I just don't. The life which I had imagined for myself and the life which I was leading was so completely different. But meanwhile, none of those, like the life which I had imagined for myself, is really not the life I wanted, right? It was just like the script which. I thought I was supposed to follow. Right. You go to school, you finish campus, you get married, you have kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And that template that I had also, I remember when I was younger, I would be like, oh, my mom had her first kid at 25, so I'll also have my first kid at 25, I'll have two kids by 30. And getting to the realization that I don't have to, like, I, I, I can fill in a template with my own things, right? Yeah. Um, the time is there and it's passing but I can also sort of like own up my own journey I don't have to be on someone else's journey so I remember like that religion was very hard for me um and then coming back to so for me I guess healing has been finding joy and continuing to like be my most authentic self in a world that's really not built for that um yeah and and making peace with that discrepancy I love it, and I think you're doing a very good job. Like, I mean, I don't know so many people, but of all the people I know, I feel like you're one person who you just do what you want, you do what your heart wants. You're not like following what social, I guess, standards, and you're just doing you, and I love it. <laughs> I mean, and I, 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 I'm like, that's the only way I can show up in the ways I want to, right? Like, my priorities are to be loving to make love you know to mm-hmm. have you know to make joy in my friends and my family to make these connections and the only way I can do that is to try and be as authentically as in connection with my own self right so I don't show up performing or pretending and I feel like that thing is so um like you can see it you can feel it you know in someone and it gives you that energy to also be yourself. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, um, do you? Oh, have you answered? Do you think that you've been successful at finding yourself? I guess I think I have been successful at realizing that there is no end, that there is no finding. Right? I'm. <laughs> I feel like um, the thing that I'm committed to is making space for me to show up in whatever way, in whatever evolution, right? right. Without judgment of whatever that evolution is. Um, right. To just like watch myself on my journey and let myself take it. I love it. <laughs> See where it takes me. 
Yeah, because you're constantly growing, constantly evolving. You can't be the same person that you were yesterday or like five years ago. So I get, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it, being able to embrace every era. Yeah, <laughs> that ch- constant change. Ah, there's a quote I love from, and it's a quote a bunch of black women on the internet love uh-huh. uh, from a sci-fi writer called Octavia Butler. She wrote a series of books, which now I forget what the series of books are called. But in it one character keeps talking about change and um, in the book that character's dad is like a pastor, like he leads a congregation mm-hmm. and she's trying to like find her way, trying to understand what he means when he says God and like all the things that he says about God, well, how does she see that in like manifesting in real life? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, it's a dystopian book so obviously the world ends and then she didn't have a dad anymore and she had spoiler alert sorry and then she has to sort of figure figure this out on her own and she's like according to all the things i've learned what i see in my world is that god is change right and that change is constant she's like the only constant only thing you know for sure that's going to happen is that change is going to happen and yeah. the only way you can sort of like prepare, so the only thing you can do is prepare yourself for that change so that you can sort of direct change in a way um, that is beneficial to you because it's inevitable. So what yeah. are you doing to prepare for it and to like steer it and guide it in ways which are good for you? I love that. I also think being able to embrace change comes with letting go of control. Like, oh. you can't control your life and, like, where it's going. You just have to accept where you are right now and, you know, wait for the future. Mm. And I think that you had talked about my transition from, like, super Christian to sort of, like, this more, I guess, holistic understanding of humanity. Humanness. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, like, we all want the same thing right mm-hmm. i'm also sort of like a nerd as you might as you know <laughs> and so Many of us. i i um i'm very interested in what like philosophers and neuroscientists think like consciousness is right what is mm-hmm. this thing that connects us as humans and yeah. there's this one theory that says that the universe is one consciousness and people are um, expressions of that consciousness so that the universe can experience itself, right? Mm-hmm. This is also something that could be said about God, right? It's, for me, I, I released myself from the idea, like the truth can be in many languages, Right, and those yeah. languages to me are what are like you know religion and spirituality and all these are paths and ways that people are trying to find to come to this connection to this um, to come back to themselves to those, to that part of themselves that's literally in every other person and in every other thing, right? Yeah, because this theory posits that everything is conscious, rocks are conscious, like everything is conscious, and if we are all connected to every part of life and things that we think are unlike. What does that look like? And mm-hmm. I imagine that our journey here is 
for us to <laughs> sort of like get to that understanding, which we never will. I don't think that you do, but I think that the closer you walk the path towards that understanding of connectedness between you and everything and yeah. every person, then that's like your walk with God. But yeah. it has to be super, I mean, it didn't have to be, it is <laughs> super <laughs> intentional, you know, which is like prayer. And I read this, I can't remember what it was, but someone was talking about comparing the experience of being in the club to the experience of praise and worship in church, right? <laughs> communal or actually not a club a concert right a concert of someone you really love let's say like a Beyonce concert Mm -hmm. that thing of like communal like you're all connected in joy in this like sort of transcendent thing you cannot describe that's bringing you all together in this way and sort of expanding yourselves you know you're you're bigger than yourself in that moment yeah, so I don't, I don't, I stop believing that it has to be one way. It just, like the pursuit just has to be there, whatever way you take. Yeah, and that all, go, and that all goes back to being intentional about mm-hmm. like the path you decided to take. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Alrighty. Now, okay, so thank you so much for sharing that i had never honestly thought about it that way now we have a lot to think about me and the listeners <laughs> now thank you for giving me space i'm ever here in my own uh church <laughs> now, if i tell you i think that's something that we have as sisters we really like to talk i mean i think mine is just a newly found thing but uh, really love talking. it's true it is our it's in our dna it's where we come from yeah. <laughs> I swear. Okay, so for the next topic, I wanted to talk, to discuss, I guess, um, your experience growing up as the firstborn daughter, and your experience. Like, what was your experience like? If you could explain, I guess, the family dynamic to the listeners, and then your relationship with our parents. Responsibilities, just the general firstborn daughter experience. Um, let's start with the first. Like, what ha- what was that like for you growing up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to say, I did not have a typical firstborn daughter experience. As you know, there were always many people of different ages <laughs> living in our house. <laughs> True. <laughs> when we grew up, so I remember. I mean, I feel like when I was born. I feel like Penelope was the firstborn. Mm. Like I never, I never felt that sort of like pressure of like, oh, you have to carry this thing, or you have to be the one who does this thing. There were always people there to sort of like take that, the brunt of that pressure, and mm. also because there were so many of us. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> like everyone would take a different, a different, uh, I guess, uh, thing, you know. I remember very specifically because whoever would be the youngest would be the one who they get sent to ask for things. Bro. <laughs> Cindy, go and ask daddy to take us for swimming. Cindy, <laughs> me to do this. I'm like, is it her mouth you don't have? Or you just I'm so like, dead, Cindy. Before you were there, it was Doris. Doris! <laughs> daddy to take us for swimming. <laughs> I'm so dead. <laughs> So I really never felt that thing. And I feel like even the, and because we've always had this sort of like amorphous 
a like family mm. which i'm so grateful for honestly i've never like i've never really felt that thing like i was you know Penlo would take me to the club when i was 16 and bring me back like my mommy knew there was someone responsible there like there was always mm. <laughs> i never felt it and also like she went to university she got a degree and graduated i'm like maybe if you ask mommy these questions like mom and dad their answers might be different like the expectations for their firstborn that's might true not be <laughs> what is what i ended up being but for me i never really felt that that thing i even think it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> but i love it it's important for children to just feel like children and grow up with you know that experience instead of having mm. to be parentified i recorded an episode with stella where she was telling me about her experience and yeah mm. it's completely different that's so crazy yeah but also because we were so many right it, it, it would never just be me like maybe if i had to uh get someone ready like arnold or doris or whoever it was never just me right so maybe yeah. i would do it one day and then someone else would do it the next day and someone else would do it the next day so it never ever felt like oh i am the co-parent i mean i'm pretty sure maybe it felt like that for penlo you should actually have an interview True. i see <laughs> an that episode with penlo <laughs> penlo was, uh, was everyone's big sister i feel like she <laughs> raised me to be honest honestly i love it now now that you didn't have that real first daughter experience, that topic has been cut very short. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I can tell you how it freed me to have a uh, middle child experience. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> and do whatever I wanted. I was not the last. There was always someone else who could do the thing I hadn't done. Oh, I have a question. Do you think that, like, let's say in... Mm, let me just ask. Like, in academics, do you feel like they ever compared... Like, were you the, what's the word, like, the person that they compared the rest of the siblings to? Because you were smart and you did really well in school. Do you think that that was, that could have been a problem for the ones that came after you? Hmm. I really don't know. I just remember being told that I wasn't applying myself enough, right? For me, school was really hard. I And now, as an adult, too, I'm like, I know I have ADHD, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> All of it. I would remember just being so bored, reading novels in class. Like, <laughs> if I understand something, I would barely study. Like, I was just truly... I didn't... I went to see my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, oh my God. <laughs> Sam, you are just an autopilot. Doing what you But the... Because... I guess being smart is like a hack. I don't even know if it's a hack. It allowed me to just sort of like coast and mm. do well enough. And that, but the things which I was interested in, then I would do really well in. Like because I was interested and I would be like paying attention and it was easy for me in class, I would immediately know that thing. I would read the books. Like all this shit was okay. But if the thing was hard, shit. <laughs> I know, swear. I feel like that's the same thing for me because I did really well in like English, literature, history. But when it came to things like math, chemistry. (laughs) And I think that's why it was so confusing for like mommy and dad because they were like, but you're so smart. Why why are you failing at math? And anyway, I I have so much to say about the education system in Uganda as a whole. I'm so sad that for someone who is as curious as I am and as is so invested in learning and so like 
excited about it that I had to go through all those years of people who didn't give a shit. I like, teaching me things they didn't give a shit about. <laughs> I swear. And also, I think we, we had this conversation in the sisters group the other day about how when we were in Uganda, we were we thought we were smart. whole time, grades were so worse. But when we came to that, <laughs> we are getting straight A's. Like, it's the same brain. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, so hey, I thank you for sharing that. I'm really me. I'm just really glad that you had you got to have you got to be a child and like grow in every stage of life and experience it the way it had to be experienced. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the soul guide. Um, the Soul Guide is a segment on the podcast where our listeners send us advice questions, dilemmas, whatever, whatever, and then we answer that, like we give them advice or like help navigate the situation. So, okay. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to send in your questions, the email address is bearingsouls at gmail.com. And you can also DM me on the page on Instagram. <clears throat> Hi, Cindy. I am currently facing a major dilemma with my roommate situation, and I could really use some guidance. I share an apartment with my close friend, and we've been living together for two years now. However, things have taken an taken an unexpected <laughs> turn as my recently got engaged and is planning to get married in a hurry. Oh, why are they in a hurry? Anyway, well, I'm genuinely happy for her. And her upcoming wedding, it's causing me a great concern because uh, it's causing me great concern about our future living arrangements and financial stability. My friend's wedding plans involve moving out of our shared apartment to live with her partner, which means I'll need to find a new roommate or face paying the full rent on my own. I've been worrying about how I'll manage all the expenses without her help, especially considering that finding a new roommate might not be as straightforward as it sounds. Financially, I'm not in the best position to handle full rent and and utility bills by myself. My job is steady, but the cost of living in our area is high, and my income alone may not be sufficient to cover all the expenses comfortably. I feel that if I can't find a room quickly, I might end up struggling to make ends meet. On the other hand, I don't want to stand in the way of her happiness or make her feel guilty about moving on to to start her married life. Our friendship is essential to me, and I don't want money matters to ruin it or put necessary stress on her relationship. What advice do you have for me? Mm. Love me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, you're, you're what's the word? Is it self-aware? Like, you're, you know that financially you're not going to be able to handle the rent if you're living alone. So I guess looking for a cheaper apartment might be better than looking for a roommate because that might go south. But also think positively. Sure. I think I would also do... I feel like... Yeah. Cool. Was your friend... I, my question would be like, were you in an agreement that was that she's rescinding upon? Like, were you counting on her to pay rent for a certain amount of time mm. that now that that's not going to happen or were you guys paying rent much you know like three months by three months and now for the next like you have maybe something for the next three months mm. Mm. i think it goes 
yes, back to that thing of change that I was saying, like change is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. If your friend had made, if you guys had an agreement and you were like, okay, we're paying, we're going to, you know, we have a lease, you know, of two years or something. Yeah. And you were counting on this, then I would bring it up. But if you had no agreement and your friend is just living her life <laughs> and you are, you know, you I try not to project my own anxieties onto other people, especially my friends, right? Yeah. Uh, or really anyone. <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't work out, but I feel like in this case, it might not be on your friend to... That's and true. she might not also be able to help you out in this way, you know? So yeah. maybe like since you said, finding a cheaper place or going through the uh, work to find a new roommate. I guess it's just hard without the details to know. But I would say, like, is your friend happy? Um, is she, like, excited? Maybe to focus on how happy and excited she is would make it less um, daunting, the idea of this new change on the horizon. And is any of that change in impacting like is that also part of the reason for your anxiety even though you're focusing mm-hmm. it on the money i love that i love your advice of like the, the point of embracing change because her roommate like they're both going through change it's just that it's different her roommate mm-hmm. is moving on to a different like i guess stage in her life and then even this one is going to have to navigate you know single living or things like that yeah i feel like i guess you can talk about it like you would with your friend right you're like oh now i might have to find that you're like oh i'm having trouble finding a place i'm having trouble coming to terms with the fact that i'm not going to be living with you anymore however happy i am for you but not to like put it on her as if now she has done this thing that has fucked up your life i swear when she's just (laughs) living her own life it's not her fault (laughs) I like that. Yeah. yeah, I think just being able to go with like go with the flow of life generally, it will be okay. Whatever ends up happening, you will be okay. Mm-hmm. Like they say in that uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> Swear. Um, that brings us to the end of today's oh, episode i know so cute we need to start <laughs> taking breaks for ads you know i i know i finally got you know there's like a thing that there's uh what's the criteria that you have to meet to get ads on spotify for podcasters and i met it so now i'm going to start <laughs> i'm going to start paying me <laughs> i love it <laughs> Yeah. Uh thank you so Let's much. Let's get you to number one on that list. We saw you were number two. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> thank you, Bambi. My country people for supporting. Truly. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, sweetie. I really thank love you for having me. I love you so much. <laughs> and I look forward to having you again. Yes. I'm here ready to gab. Period. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. Bye. Share and subscribe. Click below all those things. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.